making your site navigable by using the keyboard. Uh, so that's kind of, I guess, the first big thing. And the second big thing is is using color uh, sparsely. Um, so there's certain guidelines that you need to meet. Uh, everybody's trying to reach for WCAG 2.0 or 2.1 uh, level AA, which is what the AODA requirements are for Ontario. Hi everyone, Tristan McIver here, Program Advisor with AMC NPO Solutions. Today on the Strategic Nonprofit, we will be learning tips on how to optimize your not-for-profit website. I have invited David Pisarek on the podcast today. David has worked across uh, nonprofit sectors, designing, programming, and in management for over 30 years. David launched Wow Digital Inc. in 2017 with the goal of providing transformative websites, design, and branding for not-for-profits, NGOs, and charitable organizations. Welcome to the podcast, David. Here at AMC, we do a lot of live webinars and virtual training for nonprofits across Canada. If you're looking for virtual governance training or strategic planning for your NPO, drop me a message and I'll be happy to go over options with you. More details are in the show notes. Thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. Hello. So um, how can nonprofits uh, optimize their websites to increase donations? That's a, a very loaded question. I can go on for probably a few hours <laughs> about that. Um, well, we only have really, a few minutes. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so really, um, I've kind of like um, broken it down into a few things, a few actionable items. One, you know, you can make sure that you have a clear call to action, a CTA on your website that's across the entire site. And you don't want it just there. You also want it on your social channels. Um, presumably you have like people listening to this and watching this, they've got a Facebook page. You can actually apply to Facebook to have a donate button right there on your site, uh, on your Facebook page. Um, so you want to carry that message through. You always want to have a call to action. So if you're producing any video, um, uh, videos for your organization, you know, follow it up at the end, like donate today or have, have some strong message. Um, the second part that you need to think about is why. Uh, people don't like to be hit up for donations over and over, um, you know, pre-pandemic when you were walking down the street in any major, you know, downtown of, of a city. Uh, I'm in Toronto. Um, there's always like people asking for, well, why should I donate to you? Why, like, you know, different hospitals or health causes, right? Um, so you need to have a really compelling why. Uh, so, you know, being able to illustrate that and, and demonstrate that. Um, and then the third thing is really to have a separate donation page that's branded for your website um, that tells the, the the reason why, that has strong visual imagery um, and is very shareable. So having a donate button on your site that you click and like it opens a pop-up or something like that, um, not shareable. If you have a separate page for that, then that's really, um, I guess, the main takeaway is, is have a page there that can be shared. So um, I'm just going to ask this. So with having a separate page, what's the benefit of that? Um, the benefit of that is uh, a, a few things. One is that uh, you can brand the page. People don't like to... And I know this from my own experience. Uh, when I go to an organi organization, pardon me, to make a donation, I don't want to feel like I'm just filling out a subscription form or um, you know uh, an e-commerce page checkout type page. I want to feel a bit more connection, a bit more message, a bit more uh, emotion 
emotional uh, heartstrings or what's going to help people um, help you get people to donate to your cause? Okay, great, thanks. So what um, uh, trends or changes are you seeing um, in website design with not-for-profits? Um, so the key thing for that is you've got 50 milliseconds. That's really all it takes. There was a study done in 19, in the 80s, um, uh, about 50 milliseconds to make your first impression. So you need a website that's fast and you need a website that is a strong visual identity uh, to your brand that makes a strong connection that can tell a story. Um, you know, the way you do that is by having real photos, real people and photos that are engaging. Um, you know, you want a website that's simple and you know, a clean font, easy to read, um, and an option, depending on the size of your organization, um, a, a search function that's easy to get to on there. Uh, in terms of popular design trends, uh, there's something called split screen. Uh, so you've got, imagine your website's like this, you've got, you know, a static image on one side that doesn't move, but then you start scrolling through. Um, and then as you get to a certain part in the page, that image will change on the side. So it's a really great visual way to, um, to tell your story. Uh, and then there's something called micro interactions, which have kind of over the last couple of years gotten a little bit better. And you see it a lot in, um, in apps for phones. So for example, Facebook Messenger, uh, somebody sends you a message, you like it, you can send like a thumbs up. Um, if you hold down that thumbs up, it gets bigger and it like shakes a little bit and makes a little bit of like a popping sound, that kind of thing. Those are micro interactions. So it really is something that uh, brings a little bit of joy to what the person's doing and immediate um, feedback on, on what they're doing. So if there's a way to interact, in, incorporate that rather into your site and have that bit of interactivity, um, that's that would be uh, great. Perfect. No, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for those tips. Uh, it's interesting about the Facebook, um, uh, you know, the donation button. And as, as you were saying, you know, um, for me, myself, if it can link, if it can link to PayPal right away, and I don't have to fill out a whole big form about myself, the information I'm sure from PayPal can be shared with the organization to eventually get me, uh, you know, a uh, receipt uh, for for my donation so that yeah it this as you say 50 milliseconds that's exactly and I don't think from the 80s it's changed at all human behavior anyway. I don't think so I don't think so <laughs> you know in terms of um, the donation piece just one little thing to add to that don't try to do it yourself um, you know if you're a small if you're a smaller organization you probably don't have the expertise to build out a full backend there's lots of platforms out there uh, that you can integrate into your website, a few lines of code, uh, which, you know, anybody who's managing your website for you would be able to handle. Absolutely. Excellent. Thanks. So what are some main factors to consider when looking to make websites accessible for more people? So I want to start off by saying I think it's really important that, you know, NPOs um, are focused on having uh, a strong digital accessibility. I mean, more so now because <laughs> because of the pandemic, people aren't really, for the most part, coming into buildings or facilities uh, unless, you know, they absolutely need to, like hospitals, that type of thing. 
but it's really important uh, to make sure that you think about it from um, their perspective. So, you know, close your eyes next time you want to go to Google to search for something. Close your eyes, put on a blindfold if you have a hard time closing your eyes, and try to navigate the website. Uh, try to search for something without being able to use your eyes. Um, you know, try to, uh, there's plugins you can get for your browser. I don't know if anybody's listening to this is going to do it, but uh, you can add um, like color blindness filters to your site so you can see how um, how people would interact. So if your site is really heavily green or blue or red, um, you know, those kind of turn into grays uh, depending on the type of color blindness. So uh, really it's a matter of making your site navigable by using the keyboard. Uh, so that's kind of, I guess, the first big thing. The second big thing is is using color uh, sparsely. Um, so there's certain guidelines that you need to meet. Uh, everybody's trying to reach for WCAG 2.0 or 2.1 uh, level AA, which is what the AODA requirements are for Ontario. Um, and uh, the color contrast ratio you need to meet for that is four and a half to one. So if you had yellow text on a green background, the green has to be really dark for that yellow to have that contrast ratio. Um, I try to convince my clients to go heavier on that and create a separate brand guide just for web. A lot of the times you'll find uh, your brand guide doesn't really work to have solid backgrounds with uh, text on top of it. Um, the other thing you wanna consider is um, uh, the proper use of website headings. Uh, so, you know, uh, H1 to H6 uh, and making sure that they follow the logical pro progression. You only have one H1 a page. You could have multiple H2s, H3s, but they have to kind of go sequentially uh, up and down kind of through that ladder. Um, and then on top of that, those headings are a huge benefit for search engine optimization. Uh, Google uh, looks at those uh, when ranking content based on user queries. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, because what one um, website that I went to, which was quite interesting, um, CNIB uh, across Canada, um, they had accessibility on the website itself. So you could change the way that you could see it uh, on the website. So that's it. That's an interesting thing that um, that I noticed. And I thought, well, that's great to bring up as a topic for us um, to talk about um, because of that. I mean, and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it could be somebody that's tired <laughs> and they want to watch something, you know, they want to look with a black screen opposed to a white screen um, or, you know, um, seeing impaired as well, but uh, just making it accessible and having those options, I think is, um, it was, it was really interesting. I had never seen it before. So. Yeah, there's a lot of really great tools. So if you don't have the manpower in your organization, or I guess the people power, uh, to actually um, go through and recode your templates to be able to accommodate for those types of functions, there's tools out there that are available, uh, a few lines of code that you can drop into your site that will basically overlay the functionality in there to increase the ratio, uh, like really blow out the contrast, allow you to make the, the text bigger or smaller. Um, some of the tools actually will remove all the images from a page for you. Some of them will do uh, like an ADHD highlighting. So it'll like kind of 
put an overlay over the whole site except for like a bar across so it's really easy uh, to kind of scroll down and read through the content. Excellent. Now, you know, talking about uh, devices. So with websites, they're not always compatible with a tablet or um, an, you know, a phone or it's just laptop. Uh, the, the websites tend to look different when you're on the different um, uh, devices. So what, um, how, how, can a, how can an organization be able to um, work with that? So the first thing I would do um, really is, uh, I mean, most of your traffic, uh, a few years ago, I'd say maybe even as little as two years ago, web traffic was maybe 30% from mobile devices from cell phones. Uh, now it's closer to 50%. Um, so making sure that your site, uh, I wouldn't worry too much about the specific device, whether it's an Apple iPhone or a Samsung or whatever, um, making sure that the website and the, the style of it is what's called responsive design. So it will scale and adjust based on the size of the, uh, the browser that somebody's using. So on a computer, it'll look like this. On a tablet, it'll look like this. On a tablet, when you turn it sideways, it'll, it'll look more like this. Same with a phone. Um, so making sure that uh, you've changed the font sizes uh, appropriately so that um, you know your giant heading on your homepage shrinks down and you don't have to scroll and scroll and scroll to get past that. Okay, excellent. So there's a with with the with that. So that's through the web designer. Exactly. So you can program the website to be um, like a fixed width. So a, exactly a specific amount of pixels wide. Um, yeah. But you can also do it as percentages, and then you can scale things based on that. So way back, uh, I've been doing this since 1991. Uh, way back in the 90s, uh, there was a lot a, a big push that everything had to scale and grow and shrink with the web. Uh, through the 2000s to maybe about eight years ago, um, it was all right, here's the width, and this is what it's going to be. And we have to design for, you know, 1024 by 768, because that's the average screen. And there's been a shift, it's kind of, I guess, like fashion trends, right, where old is new again. Uh, so uh, there's been a shift uh, to go back to doing it based on percentages. And that just happens to be uh, because of technology and availability of it. Yeah, thanks for that insight. You've been doing it a long time, I guess, hey? <laughs> seen it come and go yeah 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 <laughs> exactly <laughs> so david in your experience can you give me some examples of some not-for-profit organizations that have really great websites and why that is absolutely so the top of my list um i mean i think uh anybody listening or, or watching this who is familiar with ted so ted.com um there's highly inspirational there's this like giant conference that happens every year very expensive to go to but they publish all of their uh, recordings from all their I guess sessions on their website highly inspirational I encourage everybody to go check it out uh, it's free online it's expensive in person um, but they're they're a, a nonprofit they're a charity um, but I think I think of them as more of like a media kind of company. It's very, it, it's all video based. So it's probably not your your typical charity that you would think of. Um, so 
I guess that would be my number one. Like they're an awesome site. I think it's really great. They have tons of shareable content, uh, informational content, educational stuff, anything like so many varieties of, of topics. When you're dealing with a specific uh, NPO, it's usually really hyper-focused on something specific, whether it's, um, uh, I don't know, cancer treatment or Alzheimer's or that type of thing. Um, they're usually really kind of focused on, on that. Uh, so looking in that more, uh, that kind of range, uh, malala.org uh, um, is a great amazing site um they have a clear as soon as you go to the site you have a clear understanding what it's about anybody that's not familiar with malala uh, she's gotten a lot of press over the last uh, few years um she was an educational activist in pakistan uh that uh, anyway so that i'm not going to get into her story but um the website is clearly designed has a very obvious point and function um and their donation is right up front uh they have I don't always necessarily encourage a giant donation button, um, but that's what they have on theirs in the top right of the site. Uh, it fits in with the design. It's not very distracting. You scroll down on the homepage just ever so slightly, and there's a donation form right there. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Was, is there any others that you know of? Um, the World Wildlife Foundation, uh, again, clear, uh, strong brand and identity that carries through that uh, strong imagery. Their donation platform is easy um, and uh, something that that I think works really well is you can donate, you can you know join, you can do that kind of thing. But they also have something a little bit more tangible so you can actually, you know, adopt. Uh, they have an adopt a sea turtle on their site, right? They have things like that. So you actually like feel good about it. If you're, you know, a hospital or healthcare, you know, maybe you can um, take donations for a bed, for example, yeah. or some kind of equipment, right? Well, excellent. Yeah. So you can, um, I guess, targeting to the audience is, is good. Um, I worked with orangutans in Borneo as a volunteer and um, orangutan Foundation International, you can adopt an orangutan and they'll send you a picture and updates and because they are working directly with the orangutans before they get released back into the wild. So yeah, I, I can understand mm -hmm. that would, you know, it's really making it Im uh, impactful and that you're making a difference. Yeah, there needs to be something for people to resonate, right? And if you have a strong enough identity, if you've, if you've really kind of nailed what the purpose is for your organization, you should be able to tie it to some kind of re human reaction. Um, and that's what you want to kind of, uh, I guess, put all of your marketing efforts into is to, you know, be known for helping orangutans worldwide, right? And, and you know, here's how people can help and why is it an important thing to do and, and that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, David, is there anything that um, that I missed that uh, that you wanted to share with the uh, with the listeners? Um, I guess in terms of like a marketing standpoint, I think it's really key to keep your communication clear. Um, I've I've made a bunch of donations. It's part of what what we do from our company is you know make sure that you know we we give back. Um, but I, that in turn leads to me getting a whole bunch of emails from all these organizations, uh, and a lot of them tend to be an ask for money. Um, and 
Uh, it feels like a bit of a turnoff, to, to be honest. Um, you know, stewardship, I think, is really key and critical. Um, not always going out uh, to people saying, hey, we need money, hey, we need money. Uh, how's the money being used? What are the positive benefits? How have you, uh, you know, moved the needle in terms of helping so many people or so many hours or uh, outfit uh, meals to, you know, however many families, depending on obviously whatever your your organization uh, focuses on so i think i think that's key uh the other thing i think is uh it doesn't really matter the size of budget that you have uh, obviously the bigger the budget you can you can do more in terms of your marketing and your web presence and social and that but even if you have just a couple thousand dollars a year um even if you have less than that uh, you can still do a lot you can be very impactful and very mighty um so really it's you know, think of it as like a work back schedule, right? So identify, uh, you know, what your major goal is and then work back from that. Uh, identify, you know, all the components that you need to, all the tactics and, and what needs to be executed to make that happen. And then look for a tool that can automate some of that. So if it's social posting, maybe you spend one hour a week or a half a day a week loading up a, a program that can do all of your, your social posts for you, uh, that, that type of thing save save some time and and save that um and know that it, like when you create your tactics uh you need to also create kpis so that you know <laughs> whether your efforts have been worth it or not um and it's okay if they're not 100 percent accurate it's okay uh you know if you didn't achieve it but you have you know a list of goals and priorities to work towards yeah and with the kpis it's interesting because with as you say the the um, the marketing um, tools that you have, you can monitor if the email has been opened, uh, if it's bounced back, if there's been any, um, say you have a form that you can download from there, if there's been any traffic, traffic with that. So yeah, that's, that's important to know that your efforts and your, and your, your money and your time are going um, into the right places. Exactly. And if, if you don't have a marketing list, get one, set one up. Um, there's lots of tools out there. There's uh, campaign monitor, constant contact. Um, I really like to recommend MailChimp. Um, just uh, they have a great free plan. Uh, all they do is put a little MailChimp logo at the end of it. So like for most of, of our clients, they're fine with that. They're okay with that. Uh, the paid plans are pretty um, relatively uh, inexpensive for the value that you get. But like you just said, uh, you know, there's tons of data um, that can help form that and you can do a b testing with it so you can send out you know two message the same message but two different email subject lines um, and you can really kind of hone in your craft and you know see what works what doesn't work and play with it over time uh, to be able to do that um, the one thing to note though is if you have an email list make sure that it's castle compliant uh, some of my clients you know when when we went through a process with them they didn't know uh, where they got people's email addresses from. They couldn't tell me where, where they got it from. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not a CRTC regulatory uh, um, uh, uh, expert uh, with them, but um, making sure your list is, is compliant. Uh, we've done audits uh, for our clients to, to make sure that, we've com that they've complied with uh, the regulations. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me more about your company, Wow Digital, and um, and your role there? 
Absolutely. So we focus uh, all of our efforts on nonprofit and charitable organizations. Um, we don't target specifically Canada, but all of our clients have been in Canada. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're in Toronto. Um, we like, you know, keeping things local and, and that type of thing. Uh, so the work that we do with uh, with the nonprofits and charities that we work with, uh, it's really um, either creating a new website for organizations that don't have one or they're just starting up, uh, redesigning websites. And we've done small sites as little as, you know, one or two pages, upwards of 8,000 pages. Uh, so really we can kind of go across the spectrum, migrating platforms, giving you a really easy to use backend so that you're not spending your time uh, or money paying you know, a developer or agency to go in and, and make updates for you. Having said that, we have some of our clients that want us to do all that stuff for them. So they, they hire us to do kind of, I guess, like the day-to-day, -day. it's more like week-to-week -week, uh, management for them. Yeah, and so you were talking about an audit earlier. So is that something... Right. Yeah. So um, we have a comprehensive web audit uh, that we that uh, we normally charge for. Um, okay. But, you know, for your listeners, for the people that are watching this, uh, you know, if they drop a, drop me a line, mention this uh, this podcast or vlog or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, we'll take care of them and uh, and we'll do it free of charge for them pro bono. Um, we also have, uh, for anybody who's more interested in some of the marketing stuff, an ebook that we actually just uh, produced last week, um, and it's called Three Simple Words to Increase Your Donations by 20%. So how you can, you know, modify your marketing and the wording that you use to up the funding that you get. Perfect. And so you can get that uh, from our website, uh, wowdigital.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me today, David, on the podcast. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Bye.